Hey, what's up, mi gente? This is Jeremy from La Ventanita Podcast. I just wanted to take a moment and say thank you to all of our supporters, to anyone who subscribed, or even if you've listened to the show at least one time, I just wanted to say thank you. Also, I wanted to issue out an apology. It's been a minute since we last posted an episode, and that's on us. But in order to do right by you, we wanted to release two at the same time about finances. I hope that you enjoy it. And finally, I just want to give a shout out to World Outspoken. World Outspoken is the organization that sponsors this show. And what World Outspoken does is it prepares the Mestizo Church for cultural change. In the link, you'll see their website. And as you click on the link, you'll be able to see articles, podcasts, and we want to encourage you to check out their learning center. Well, at this time, enjoy the show. Peace. Welcome back to another episode of La Ventanita Podcast, where we what up? give a window, una ventanita, into the church planting journey of Jeremy Barahona, lead planter, lead pastor of the Light West Palm Beach, and co-host on this show. My name is Joshua Sell. We want to say welcome to this show. And so we divide up our episodes uh, by different segments, um, and the title of each segment is uh, influenced by Jeremy's background. So he is uh, half Salvadorian, half Ecuadorian. Yeah. Um, and so our first segment for our listeners, if you're tuning in for the first time, uh, is Ivos. Uh, this is where we get to hear a little bit of uh, some of the things that are happening in Jeremy's life, but also in the life of the light West Palm Beach, where he gives us just a, a couple updates on what's happening. So, Jeremy, Ivos, what's happening, bro? Yeah. Uh, so what's happening with me is, man, I, I feel like right now we are at the, we're at a time in, in our ministry where we're obviously starting a church. So there's a lot of newness going on, but at the same time, um, the dust is getting settled of of that nudist, new, new, nudist, <laughs> rebuke the enemy we're, right now. We're, we're going to scratch that. Yeah. <laughs> nah, yeah, just the dust being settled of the newness. Uh, we, we just got our, our plaques changed from Illinois plaques to, to Florida plaques. So wow. my wife and I were like, yo, we should have did this a long time ago. Wow. Um, but that's we were a, still holding on. Man, that's the end of a chapter, bro. Chicago life, I know. Right? So I, I feel like those kinds of things are happening. Mm-hmm. And then honestly, man, now we have a, a, a small little squad. I feel like we have a core team that, that's really all in. We, we talked about that in some episodes in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're just doing the work, and that's not always easy. Um, it's it's very challenging, but it's also good kinds of work. And and I guess maybe the the newest update to our ministry, besides the different outreaches and us gearing toward launch, is uh, that yeah, I have pastoring our core team as part of my schedule, which is which is a delight. Uh huh. But it's also kind of a newer thing that I used to do back in the day, but now it's. It's new once again because yeah. I'm, I'm doing it here with with the church plant. That's cool, man. That's awesome to hear, bro. That's amazing. And we, we thank God for, you know, some of the, the exciting things that are happening. But also, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of it brings a lot of new challenges with that. 
So we're excited for, for all of that, I'm sure, and can't wait to hear a little bit more about that. Um, and we, we understand, you know, that for, for our listeners, you know, some of these things that you share are brief snapshots, um, but in, you can go back and listen to previous episodes uh, where we do dive in a little bit on some of the tensions that you feel and some of your experiences. Um, and so the second segment of our episodes is uh, La Plena. This is where Jeremy, you know, we, this is where we really get down to the nitty gritty of things. We, we uh, dialogue and try to dissect, but even to dive deep into some of the, the, the topics that we want to focus on. And over the course of this last season, uh, we've been covering the theme of adaptation and adaptation in relationship to um, your experience as a lead church pastor, uh, but also some of the realities that you're experiencing in this journey. And today, uh, we want to focus in on this theme of finances. Um, so whether you're, you know, in the church ministry or as an entrepreneur, there is some sort of relationship with uh, finances, but also with the people you're trying to reach, whether you're trying to sell a product or you're trying to expand your brand. But in particular, for your experience and your journey, Jeremy, this is uh, launching and establishing a church. Um, so can you give us a little bit more about what we can expect? And then let's dive into this this conversation. Yeah, uh, I mean, just to add to what, what you just said, or just to echo what you said, we can't disconnect the financing of whatever we start from the from the people that we're we're trying to reach, whether that be us finding the finance in order to reach people, um, or that be the people who are being reached financing what you're doing, right? And I and I think that that's that's a sticky dance. It could even be a controversial. A thing to navigate when you talk about finances in the church, especially in disenfranchised or socially neglected communities, because there's just this stigma that the pastor, he got a Benz, um, he's taking everybody's tithe money, money, and everybody else is living poor, mm -hmm. right? So, so, I mean, it's a sticky topic, but I think it's a necessary topic. So I'm, I'm glad I'm glad to be able to talk about that a little bit in terms of how finances work at the light or is working. Yeah, man, that's that's true. Um, finances there. It's a pretty sensitive subject. Um, I think whether it's on a personal level or even to I'm sure even to talk about it from like a corporate standpoint, um, how vulnerable can you be or should you be when talking about finances um, what's some of the motivations to talk about finances? Um, I know growing up, in my experience, you know, in a church setting, you know, we've we we understood that giving financially to the church was important, um, but even just stewarding and and managing your finances, whether it's as a church or personal finances, was never really talked about. So I think that I, I'm excited. I'm 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 glad that we're having this conversation in in some sense too. Um, but I'm also here, you know, just to learn from you. I think from our conversation too about the importance of finances um, in our personal life. So let me start by asking this question: um, What are 
what are finances used for uh, at the light West Palm Beach? Yeah, so so primarily I would say it's staff. So right now I'm the only one on staff. Mm-hmm. So primarily um, the uh, or a lot of the money goes toward helping me live and do this full time. Um, then a huge portion of our finances goes to community outreach. Um, and then another portion um, goes to church operations or admin. Yeah. So I would say those are like the main um, areas where our, our finances um, kind of go to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, man, yeah, I know when sharing, I know when, when as you shared, I'm sure um, you're anticipating certain questions. Uh, there are certain questions that have been popping up in my head, and I'm sure many of our listeners are are having some questions. Um, but you you shared, you know, very briefly that you know, there are kind of three areas that you're uh, allocating or distributing a lot of these finances. But how did you how did you consider dividing up the finances in these three areas, and how do you consider how much kind of goes towards these different parts of, of ministry? Yeah, so, so I think I think in terms of so I, I kind of break it down by by the by the categories I said. Yeah. And it's definitely way more complex than just those three categories. But in general, we're we're talking in generalities. Um when we talk about staff, in this case would just be me at this point, um, what we considered is how much how much would we need to live mm-hmm. um in, in the place where we're planting um, and we considered things like education. So like how many, how much, um, does people who have my level of education make in my state, in my community, that sort of thing. So we brought that into consideration. Then when we thought about, um, community outreach, you know, the, the monies that it, that are used to, to resource the the things that we do in order to let the community know, hey, we're planting a church, or in order to serve the community, uh, we just we just kind of uh, considered what other churches that that have started or other church plants what they've used or how much they've they've needed in order to do that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So so we kind of used their numbers uh, according to how much things cost, and we kind of made a budget based off that, and then we did a similar thing in terms of admin and operational cost. So, and maybe something that I'll just add to that is, it's not like it's just me dictating those things. Sure. At this point, as a church plant, we have what is called a provisional elder board. Mm -hmm. Essentially what that means is we have a group of, of elders that they are kind of, they're provisionary or they're, they're, they're there for, 18 months until we could establish elders of our own. Mm. And there's no financial decision that I make outside of them. Uh, we don't, I don't make a budget outside of their approval and that sort of thing as well. So I think that that's just important for people to know as we talk about finances and how we allocate yeah. our finances. And, and, and honestly, man, I, I think financing a church plant has been one of the most hardest things that I've had to do. But early on, just this is just me personally. I said, man, I just need to figure it out. I need to learn how to do this well yeah. um, because I really want to know 
um, how money works in in the church space. Mm -hmm. That's good, man. Well, could you could you uh, unpack that a little bit more for us? You talked about um, having this provisional elder board, um, and I, I I know a lot of businesses have a board as well, where they're not just talking about what is the future of you know our business of our institution, um, but they're they're to talk about and you know advise in a lot of sense on how to utilize whether it's finances, resources, and and things like that. So why is that an important part of your uh, team and leadership? I think because because I think we we just all need to be fis fiscally accountable mm. right like i mean and this is not just in the church space mm -hmm. i think it's even in the business space yeah just as much as the church fyi that's just a side note but like there's just abuses to finances mm -hmm. right so i think being accountable just helps me but then at the same time i think it also helps with the transparency of mm -hmm. of, of the church and the community yeah yeah. Or for the transparency for the community and the church. Mm, that's good, man. So, yeah. As, so as you were sharing, um, you know, so you and I, we've we've grown up in the uh, immigrant church context um, where, again, you know, finances is part of, you know, this experience, especially uh, at, among for pastors. Right. Um, and as you were sharing about. Um, you know, living, um, how to utilize finances. Um, you did touch on how you were looking at, you know, you were kind of comparing uh, around within your area how much other pastors are making, um, you know, based on education, you know, responsibilities and whatnot. Um, can you talk to us a little bit about that? You know, yeah. I, I, I think, how, like how it relates to how we grew up. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. You just yeah. tell me your experience growing up in the church. Well, let let me say it like this, man. So I know that um, you know, especially being a pastor, um, there's not a lot of financial stability. You know, this is this is this might not be for everybody. I think there's such a broad spectrum of churches, right? You have from the mega church all the way down to um, you know, storefront church, house church. Um, and not all, not every pastor is going to be making six figures. Right. right? Um, Most it, pastors probably don't make six figures. They won't even come close to six figures. Right. Um, so as you were, were talking about, um, you know, how much of your finances goes to, towards supporting and sustaining you for living and comparing that to, uh, like other churches and other pastors in your area, what are some of the things that you've you considered, and how has that how has that influenced you determining what that figure is? But also, how has your 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 background and your upbringing been in influence on that? Yeah, so so I think going to the comparison piece, I, I, and when we talk about comparison, we're not talking about like coveting comparison we're right. talking about like right like market like the general market value like how, comparing that so I, I didn't necessarily compare how much does this pastor make 
Okay, uh-huh. let me see if I can make that much. It was more of educational levels. Okay. So we looked at, you know, people who have a master's degree in our area mm-hmm. or in our city is what we did. How much do they make on average? Mm-hmm. Right. And then we kind of, alongside the, the provisional board, looked at, all right, how much do we think we can make according to what we need? Yeah. Right. We don't, we don't want to ball out and... I don't know, like people are starving around us, but mm-hmm. we do want to be able to take care of our family um, and, you know, make sure that we're able to save, invest, th- those those sorts of things. I think the influence of my upbringing in the church, I, I think that that's kind of new to me. Mm-hmm. Or being, how do I say this? Being full-time, vocationally, especially as a church planter is new to me. Every mm-hmm. church planter that I've known... Um, in the Latino immigrant church, yeah. they've all been bivocational. Mm. Um, and I even thought about being bivocational at some point. There's this terminology called co-vocational. You could look it up. There's a difference between bivocational, co-vocational right now in the church mm-hmm. space. If you're really interested, go look it up. But the point is, I think those two kind of streams say, hey, the pastor who's co-vocational or bivocational they they work another job while they're pastoring the church. Mm-hmm. The reason why we didn't go that route, although we thought about it and always had that in the back of our heads, is honestly just for the sake of of the health of our family. Mm. And when I say us, while we didn't think about that, talking about my wife and I, I just didn't see and I don't see right now how I could be bivocational or co-vocational and steward my family well. Mm-hmm. And, and just to be honest, I don't think I've ever seen, person this personally, yeah. I don't think I've ever seen a bivocational, co-vocational pastor that's been healthy. Mm. I've heard of that happening, and I'm sure it, it does happen. I'm just saying I personally don't know. Maybe, actually, maybe one person sure. that I know is like healthy, yeah. um, is not overworked, that mm-hmm. sort of thing. Yeah. So that's the reason why we decided to to be full time with the church, which essentially meant that we had to raise the capital to to be part of or mm-hmm. to do the, the work of the ministry full time as pastors. Yeah. Yeah. Man, and I, I hope our listeners, as they hear some of our thoughts and our conversation, I hope that it's never out of like they what they don't hear out of us is that we're condemning uh, you know, like pastors who are bivocational, um, who are and at and and you know working for financial support at the expense of their family, um, we recognize that like that's an actual that's a reality that a lot of pastors have to live with, um, and so while we don't, I, I think if I I, I must I hope I can assume correctly that we're not recommending like that. Well, let me not say recommending. I hope what they don't hear is that we're condemning pastors who are bivocational. I think, right, right. you know, there for, for the both of us, there is a level uh, that we we honor and respect many pastors who have sacrificed their time. You know, they are giving because it's out of their reverence for the Lord, because they do believe so strongly of their calling. But we also do recognize that it comes with a lot of risks. And some a lot of times it's at the expense of their own, whether it's their physical health or relational health with their families we do recognize that it is a costly sacrifice but for those pastors who are choosing to be bi- bivocational um we do you know want to 
give them their flowers and yeah yeah absolutely and, and, and i would even add i think that's the reason why we've thought about that and and always think about that as as an option mm-hmm. i think the the bigger question that my wife and i have had to ask is can jeremy be healthy mm. could he be a healthy father could he be healthy physically can he can he be healthy just in general and do two vocations at the same time yeah yeah, I think that's the bigger question. If 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 the answer is you can, then mm-hmm. hey, praise God. And if 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 I get to that point um, where I either have to or we we decide that that is probably the best option for us, then then we'll do it. Sure. Well, let me ask one question before to kind of help move our conversations and then hear some of your thoughts relating to uh, finances. Um, and and the light west palm beach you did mention that um your your comparison for salary is based on education right um i think one of the things that uh we recognize is is that for many pastors especially pastors who are, are people of color um you know they might not have like a theological education or a master's level in terms of like an accredited from an accredited school so they don't have a degree from an institution like that right right? and so um i guess the question i'm i'm wanting to ask with that is you know yeah how how do finances affect pastors who are who don't have you know and a, a formal education, like from a theological institution, and have like a you know a master's level degree. So how do how do finances affect pastors like that? Um, but also, what does it communicate for our pastors who don't have that degree, you know, and don't have that same financial support? Like, are we in essence encouraging them to that they have to? have an academic degree in order to be financially stable so that they're not bivocational or what, 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 what are in essence, what are we trying to communicate? Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I I don't exactly know if I would say I'm trying to communicate. Sure. Yo, if if you're church planting, you should, you should um, be full time and, and raise your support. I, I would never mm-hmm. communicate that. I've or, actually right. I've actually fought against that for a while, just in my own mm-hmm. personal life. Um, so I, I think that's the first thing that I say. The second thing that I would say is I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that that money or or being financially supported necessarily translates to or, or is a derivative of your theological education. I don't mm. think that that's necessarily um, true because mm. I know I know pastors who don't have as much education who are very good fundraisers yeah. and know how to how to be uh, full time or financially sustained um, by wow. by the by the church or through support raising outside of uh, the church. Yeah, um, I would say if if theological education has any role or any anything to do with with this i would say is it probably gets you um networked with people that you wouldn't be networked otherwise Mm. so like in my case just to be real be through my education i guess i relate to maybe 
alumni from the theological institution I went to, mm-hmm. right? And that actually has happened where um, somebody who went to my uh, same seminary, Trinity Evangelical Divinity School, who's now pastoring a church in in Florida, uh-huh. uh, who hears that I'm doing a church plan now, we have that instant connection. So now, yeah. you know, there there might be a possibility that they would support me. Um, and because we have the same alma mater, we, yeah. we kind of, they kind of trust my theological education and sure. kind of backing. So I, I would say maybe that would be the only thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but outside of that, yeah, I mean, I know, I know pastors even in West Palm, like mm-hmm. who they, they're just, they're just beast, yeah. beast at, you know, raising funds for the church um, in such a way that it also sustains them as well. Yeah. Man. And I think that that's a, that's a fantastic thing, you know, and they do better than me, you know? So, sure. Hey, by all means, however, however the Lord leads you, do it. Yeah, I love that, man. Thank you for helping uh, to explain that. So with this closing question, uh, what are some of the things that you've had to wrestle with um, in relationship to finances, whether it's on a personal level, uh, whether it's for the light West Palm Beach? Um, yeah, what are, what are some of those things that you've had to, to wrestle and dance around with? Yeah, I think I think the biggest thing that I've had to wrestle with is being in the community that I'm in. How does how does the community feel about me talking about what I and my family need to live comfortably? I mm. mean, um, not comfortably, maybe. Yeah, I guess comfortably. You know, and I'm not talking yeah. about balling out, but again, like like I'm just talking about in such a way that we could just live and do our vocation. Uh huh. I think that that's probably been the hardest thing that I've had to wrestle with um, because I just realized that many times the people around me, they might they, they might just struggle to make ends meet, hmm. right? So it's kind of weird for me to have that conversation, yeah. even out in the open. Even it, it's, it's kind of weird to even talk about it on this podcast, knowing that people that we minister to might be listening to this, sure. right? But... But the reality is that in order for me in this season to be good to my family, um, to care for my own soul, mm-hmm. we, I think, um, and, and we think, my wife and I, we think that the best thing for our family to be healthy is to be full-time with the church, which means that we would have to raise our finances um, from either external givers or uh, through the church. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just that's just the reality. There's just no way around it. Mm-hmm. So so I would say that that'd be the hardest thing. But God, God has been so gracious to us. And, and the people that we've been ministering to that are part of the work of the ministry, they've been super yeah. gracious about that up until this point. So that's been dope. Cool, man. Well, we'll have to cut the conversation a little short here. Um, but man, really appreciate you sharing your insights. Uh, thank you for your your vulnerability. I know that again, finances aren't easy to talk about. Um, they're not always a comfortable subject for everybody. Uh, but just want to say thank you for that. Um, and again, hope that people uh, take what we have to share. Um, you know, and that it would challenge them in some sense, encourage them, uh, but also help them just to see. Know, some of the things that you're considering in your church planting journey. Yeah, no doubt. 
So that'll wrap it up for us today. Hope you guys can tune in uh, for the next episode. Jeremy, appreciate you, bro. Appreciate you too, man. God bless. God bless.